at law school, corporate clerkship recruitment is considered to be especially demanding. Some of the dedicated lawyers who have survived this vicious process are part of an elite squad known as Allens. These are their stories. Kia ora, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of Allens Confidential, where we dive right into the heart of the trans-Tasman bubble. I'm Caitlin Burke, and I'm joined by my co-host, Geneva and two stellar Allen's lawyers who hail from the land of the long white cloud, who have inexplicably decided to remain in Australia while their home is the most trending country on the planet right now. Laura Hablis is a managing associate in our Sydney Disputes team, and Andrew Lee is a lawyer in our corporate team in Melbourne. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks, Caitlin. Great to be here. Great pronunciation. I'm sure you spent a little bit of time learning how to say Kyoto properly. I'm going to say seven to eight YouTube videos. I actually did like a (laughs) linguistics course for a woman for about five minutes. So I worked hard. Thank you. So first of all, we like to ask everyone, what are your, uh, what kind of podcasts do you guys listen to? So I rotate three um, quite regularly. I enjoy the conversation type podcasts. I listen to Impact Theory with uh, Tom Bilyeu, The Daily by The New York Times and Super Soul Conversations by Oprah. Which is your fave of those three? Oh, depends what mood you're in, eh? If you need a bit of, you know, lighthearted stuff, um, Super Soul Conversations by Oprah. Um, but if you need some inspiration, motivation, hit the impact theory with Tom Bilyeu. Good to know. I'll keep that under my heart. Yep. How about you, Laura? Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Desert Island Discs recently, so working my way through the back catalogue of Desert Island Discs. Um, Usually I'm a big podcast listener, I have to say, but it took me a while to think about the last podcast because um, I've been sort of obsessed with audiobooks at the moment and I've actually spent more time listening to all of the Harry Potter audiobooks than I have listening to podcasts recently. But prior to becoming obsessed with Harry Potter audiobooks, I was all about Desert Island Discs. Well, it's nice and comforting to pop on some HP, so I back that decision. So you might start by hearing about both of your paths to Alan's. How did you end up here? we kick things off with you, Andrew? Yeah, sure. So I uh, studied at the University of Auckland and I did a commerce and law conjoint with honours. Um, and during uni, I actually did a summer clerkship uh, with a New Zealand firm called Ross McVeigh. Um, and I had great experience with them at the time, was stoked that you know I had a grad job lined up after uni. Um, but as I was coming into my final year at Allen's, uh, uh, at, at university, um, I decided to, you know, explore my options overseas. I wanted to see what it'd be like being in a bigger market, um, learning from, you know, bigger transactions, and I guess immerse myself in a new city and meet a whole ton of new people. And I didn't want to be too far away from home, so Australia was the was the best bet. And I ended up finding um, an Allen's graduate uh, application on Facebook while I was going through Facebook. So obviously, someone was talking to me at the time. Um, and I applied and I was fortunate enough to get an interview. Um, flew over for both of the interviews, the first and the second round. First one was a behavioral interview and the second one was a 24-hour case study, uh, which turned out to be uh, I mean, a difficult process for me. At the time, didn't know how to navigate the Australian legislation. Um, you know, everything was, even though it's similar to New Zealand law, still pretty new to me. Um, and while I was stressed for doing the interviews, I ended up having a really good experience, you know, seeing the Sydney city, coming to the offices um, in Sydney and actually making a big weekend out of it. Um, and I received my offer while I was traveling in Europe in the second half of the year. Um, and I moved to Sydney, started 
in 2018 in the banking and finance team. And I've since rotated into the Mac team um, in the Melbourne office. What, what led you to Melbourne? Ooh, yeah, that was a hard one. I, I actually really enjoyed Sydney, the beaches, the beauty of it. There's something about Sydney CBD that, you know, is just really glamorous. Um, but my girlfriend lived in Melbourne before she came to Sydney with me. And, you know, coming from New Zealand, being in a new country, um, you know, either city was a brand new experience for me. So I thought it'd be good to try out two different cities and, and then make a choice after my grad program. Um, and yeah, fell in love with Melbourne, have since settled down. And I think we'll be here for at least another few years. I mean, tough crowd because we're all in Sydney at the moment. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very diplomatic response as well. And Laura, how about you? So you didn't jump straight from New Zealand to beautiful Australia. Where, where did your travels take you first? Sure. So I um, studied at the University of Waikato and then finished in Auckland. Um, and I worked in New Zealand for four years also at Russell McVeigh. Um, so by the time I decided to move overseas, I had actually got a bit of experience in New Zealand under my belt. And then I decided to venture out and see the big wide world and move to London. Um, and so I ended up getting a job with Linklaters. And I did another four years at Linklaters in the UK. And I think I must get like the four-year itch or something because after four years, I was ready um, to be slightly closer to home and decided that I would think about moving to Sydney. And because of the um, Linklaters-Allens alliance, they made it very easy for me. I told my um, partner that I worked closely with in London that I was looking to move to Sydney and she set me up with a contact in Australia. And then it was a slightly bizarre experience of interviewing for a new job from the video conference facilities at my old job. Um, and now I'm here in Sydney and I've been here for two and a half years now. So it's sort of one and a half years before you decide you're off to the US or <laughs> somewhere else. I finally see myself not going anywhere anytime soon. So if any of the partners from the disputes team are listening, just take a note of that. <laughs> one thing that I would like to know is what's the kind of uh, transition process with practicing certificates for uh, people that have gone to law school in New Zealand? Andrew, do you want to kick things off? Yeah, sure. So it was actually a very seamless process. Um, when I did it a couple of years ago, I did the profs back in New Zealand um, with the College of Law which is also in Australia and what um, a lot of Australian students uh, complete their profs with. Um, once I did my profs in New Zealand, um, I was admitted at the um, Auckland High Court and it was quite an easy process to transfer my admission over to New South Wales. Um, Ellen's helps you out with the fees, with the documentation. You pay about, I think, two or $300 and you can get admitted as a lawyer in New South Wales without doing any, any extra tests or anything. Um, and then after you get admitted, just the normal process of getting a uh, practicing certificate in New South Wales. And um, Ellen's was really helpful with that in terms of, you know, helping you out with every step of the process, um, having pre-completed forms ready for you to submit um, and pays for the whole process for you as well. So it's a very seamless process coming over as a New Zealand student um, or lawyer over to Australia. It's great because I had an English friend who had come over um, about a year before me who was in the process of re-qualifying and had obviously been doing that for about a year. And I breezed in, started I think on the 22nd of June and was admitted in New South Wales by the 14th of February. And it took him another year, having already been studying for a year before he finally got admitted um, in New South Wales. So 
if you have any English friends, it's a great thing to sort of rub in how easy it is to get admitted um, in Australia compared to the English. And what, what do you think? I mean, obviously, we've got a nice relationship with New Zealand, but, you know, do you think it's sort of a feature of the similarities in the legal system as well? Like it's just sort of easy to carry across and pick up? Yeah, I think there's similarities with the UK system as well, but I guess it's just, it wasn't, what's it called? The Trans-Tasman Mutual Recognition Act or something like mm. that. It's just recognition of the fact that we move back and forth so readily between the two countries, so they make it nice and easy. For both of you, you sort of picked up and started a whole new life, you know, sort of a whole new city. And I know for people who are applying for clerkships and grad roles, I mean, that's that's something that we see quite a bit, people moving between states or coming from overseas or, you know, moving from their country to the city, all sorts of different things. I mean, how has your experience been coming to Allens and sort of starting a whole new life on top of a new job with new co-workers and everything like that? Yeah, um, I mean, I guess my experience would be quite different to Andrew because I didn't sort of come in with a cohort. Um, I came in at a senior associate level, um, but I felt like the culture at Allens was very similar to the culture at the firm I'd been at in New Zealand um, because the culture of the countries is very similar. So everyone's very friendly and chatty um, and there's a nice sort of social vibe at work. So it wasn't hard to uh, settle in and get to know people in the office. Um, Yeah, in terms of making friends more broadly in life, Geneva, I don't know if that was part of the question. Um, if you're uh, expecting my life advice as well as my career advice, but all of it, we're happy to hear anything you'd like to offer up. You just breeze in and make friends wherever you go. <laughs> and how about you, Andrew? Yeah, I think um, what Laura said was right. It's actually you know quite an easy process moving in to uh, you know coming over from New Zealand to Australia. It is really daunting at the start, I think, um, even though it's a very similar country, very similar cultures. Um, you know, you're, you're moving away from your support network that you built for like, what, five, six years at university. Um, and you're having to meet a whole new set of people, build a whole new support network. But coming in into the graduate program, um, even though a lot of my cohort had clerked with Ellen's and knew everyone before, um, right from day one, I felt like you know, I, everyone was really welcoming, um, made, made a lot of friends. And you start realizing that you're going through the same you know, journey with the other grads during the first year and you get really close just by being in the trenches together. Um, and I've actually, you know, since moving to Melbourne, I've still kept in contact with a handful of really close friends that I've made in um, Sydney. So it, it's daunting, but everyone at Allen's has been really helpful, really friendly, really welcoming. Um, so, and making friends more generally, you, you realize there's actually a lot of Kiwis who are coming over. Um, these days over to Australia to work not only at Allens but you know in all other industries so you end up meeting a ton of new people both from Australia and New Zealand. That's a bit of a cop-out though come on Kiwi you shouldn't say that all Kiwis only make friends with Kiwis that's a cop-out. <laughs> oh, no, definitely not, definitely not. <laughs> Australians are nice too some of them are a bit annoying because of the nasal accent and all that sort of stuff but they're mostly pretty nice. <laughs> no no definitely <laughs> And I guess one of the things, so, you know, obviously this is a podcast for people who are thinking about coming to Allens and in particular coming from university and transitioning to a big law firm. I mean, like, what do you guys actually do? What, what do your life as lawyers look like? And you're sort of in two different areas of the firm. So maybe, Andrew, if you want to kick off, what does is, what is being a lawyer look like for you? Being a lawyer for me, so I'm, I'm a junior lawyer and I think ultimately 
my role is to support the associates, senior associates, um, managing associates and partners on, on my team. Um, so I'm in the corporate team with a focus on mergers and acquisitions. And so what I'd be doing on a day-to-day basis depends really on what stage of the transaction that I'm on. Um, we as corporate lawyers come on to transactions um, right from the early stages of an entity, you know, thinking about acquiring another company or merging with another company, right through to signing the transaction docs and all the way over to helping with completion of the whole deal where the um, parties are happy for money to be handed over in exchange for the keys to the business. So we as junior lawyers support um, our team at every aspect of that transaction timeline. Um, that can be split up you know, from the start in terms of legal due diligence, reviewing all the contracts of the target entity, identifying risks, um, from helping uh, with drafting transaction docs and email advices, doing legal research for you know, certain parts of the deal, um, and right through to project management. Um, handling different you know, specialist groups within the team, um, liaising with the other you know, tax advisors, accounting advisors, um, and right through to sometimes even foreign counsel in different jurisdictions, depending on the um, deal that you're on. And so every day doesn't look the same. Um, you're expected to be across all the detail, um, you know, coming onto calls and helping out. Um, so that, that, that's, that's me in a nutshell. Amazing. What's your favorite part of it? I think my favorite part of being an MA lawyer is you, one, you have a, you know, you start to build a specialist knowledge in corporate, but you have to, I guess, build a general knowledge about other areas of law to be able to pick out different issues that might come about, know who to call if you need extra assistance from another practice group. Um, and all of that intertwines with requiring the ability to understand, you know, the client's business, um, the target's business, um, the commercial aspects to the deal so that you can feed into your feed in your legal advice appropriately um, and everyone's working you know both for you and the other side are working towards the same deal so once it comes to completion it's actually a very happy process everyone's in a really good mood and and there's a very positive outcome at the end so I, I quite enjoy that um, closure or execution part of the transactions and then Laura your experience is exactly the opposite that at the end the two parties are not friends and litigation <laughs> and there's not a overwhelming feeling of positivity between them what, what does life look like for you as a lawyer in the disputes team Well life for me is pretty good because I've got clever people like Andrew who say that their main role is to support me which is a wonderful <laughs> um thing to have to look forward to um but yeah I'm in disputes and investigations so as you might guess from that I do disputes and investigations um and the way that my career at Allen's has looked is I tend to have one sort of large matter and a couple of other smaller matters on at any given time and for me most of the time the large matter has been an investigation so either a regulatory investigation or an internal investigation for a client often in parallel with a regulatory investigation and those kinds of matters are usually very big, um, there's a lot going on. And so in the managing associate um, role, you are doing a lot of managing, as the name might suggest. You're managing a large team of junior lawyers and there's always a lot to do. So you're overseeing all of that work, making sure that things happen and get out the door. Um, often there'll be large document productions, so you're responsible for that. Um, we often have interviews, so I'll be making sure that documents get pulled together for the interviews and that the right people attend the interviews. Often I'll be going to them myself, depending on the nature of the matter. Um, and then in the background, while I've been at Allen's, I've always had a couple of sort of smaller litigation matters on at any time. Um, 
which tend to vary and don't take up all my time, but sort of give a lot of variety, um, which is a really nice part of the job is the, is the variety that we get. And what do you think in terms of a big investigation? I mean, obviously those sorts of matters have a lot of junior lawyers who are helping on them. I mean, what are the benefits of those kind of matters at a junior level in terms of exposure and experience? Yeah, I think the good thing about those kinds of matters is you get to run streams of a large matter in a way that you won't necessarily on a smaller matter. You might have something that you get ownership of that you can really just run with. Um, Also, sometimes on a big matter where there's just lots of work to go around, um, you really kind of get to step up and take on responsibility. So often you'll get to to do the interviews yourself if if you're having sort of hundreds of interviews like some of the matters I've worked on. Um, I think it's also a nice, the team vibe is a nice part of, of that. I know that's not so work focused, but I think there's something really nice about being in the trenches with other people on a big matter when things are going on. And I would hope that you also get um, a chance to see how something really big and significant works and the way that it's managed and the strategy associated with all of that, which is really interesting as well. Even if you're not always doing those things, it's really important part of learning as a junior to be able to see how people do do that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm showing my bias because obviously I'm also in the disputes investigations (laughs) team, but I know when I've been speaking to students more recently, given that there's been so many um, investigations after the Royal Commission, it's kind of nice to be able to say, well, this is kind of what you would be doing and this is what life at Allens might look like for you if you were to come to our obviously superior team. <laughs> um, you know, you could also <laughs> try out M&A if you want, want a second option after you've come to disputes. <laughs> There's a lot of interesting strategy involved in something like that. And I think the point you made earlier about how it doesn't always end up with people jumping up and down and congratulating you for allowing them to achieve something like a merger or an acquisition might, but um, you're dealing, you're helping your clients out in some of the most stressful situations that they deal with because when things go wrong is when they really do need a trusted advisor and the way in which you manage that and the relationship that you build with your clients when they're dealing with stuff um, that is, it's just not pleasant um, is really rewarding if you're able to sort of help them navigate through that in a way that makes things clear and simple and practical and just allows them to um, yeah, get through it with an appropriate outcome at the end, whatever that looks like. If you guys could look back at your first days as, as a lawyer or even your you know, final days as a law student in New Zealand when you were making the decision or just generally, what, what advice would you give yourself? If I had a tip that I would give to myself when I first started, um, I think I'd want to remind myself that you know, everything is going to be okay. Um, I think for me, definitely coming over from New Zealand and starting at Allen's, I experienced quite a bit of imposter syndrome. Um, you know, it's quite a big shock coming into um, the banking and finance team with so many different techni- technical terms to learn and, and you're just thrown right into the deep end um, when you first start at Allen's. And, you know, after being a uni student for so long, it definitely can be a bit overwhelming. Um, and I remember in the first six months that I was a grad, you know, going through all of these mistakes, you're finding um, your place in a matter. You're, you're so used to providing value in, in everything that you do at uni that when you come to Allen's, you're, you know, you're in the process of learning the whole time. Um, but you just got to remind yourself that everything's going to be okay. You've got to be patient, um, understand that it's a learning process. And, you know, one of the great things about Allen's is there's a, you know, you get a one-year 
grad program in a particular group. So after about six to eight months, you kind of start finding your feet. You kind of find your place in the team. And you see where you can add value in different places and kind of build your confidence from there. Um, so, yeah, that'd be my biggest piece of advice. It's tough becoming a grad, um, coming into the field of law, especially at Allen's, but um, everything's going to work out okay. And you just got to put your head down, work hard and put your best foot forward. That's very comforting. I like that you say um, six months and all those mistakes. And I'm sort of like in my fourth year and still all those mistakes all the time. <laughs> No, no, it's still a learning process for me as well. <laughs> How about you, Laura? What, what advice would you give to someone just starting their career? I think I would say just don't feel like you have to be in a rush and have all the answers at the beginning because I think sometimes when you start out, it can feel like you have to know what your partnership pathway is going to be and how you're going to get there in eight years' time or something like that. Every decision that you make feels like you're closing a door on all the other options. And my career path has not been like that. I'm now in my third firm in my third country. Um, and I don't regret a single um, curve in my career path to getting to where I am now. I think my experience in New Zealand, the start of my career was great. I had amazing mentors and got really good training. My experience in London was wonderful. It got me ahead of the curve on some of the... Um, financial regulatory stuff that's happening here and now I'm really happy at Allen's but my who I am at Allen's has been informed by all those other things I did before I got here so sometimes I think if you're sitting there as a student you're going will I work in New Zealand will I work in Australia will I work in London well there's no reason why you can't do all of those things and you don't have to know now what path your career is going to take so if you are sitting there and thinking oh, I don't think I'm ready to move to Sydney now. It feels like a lot. Um, I'm sure we'd all still love to hear from you in two, three, four, five years' time if that's when you decide to make the move. Um, it just doesn't have to be doesn't have to be clear at the outset. Sometimes the twists and turns are, are the good part. And also just like enjoy the ride, I guess. Sometimes the things that seem the most mortifying at the time are the funniest stories to look back on, like the time that I had a client who called up and yelled at me and told me how uncool I was because something had happened while I was away having my wisdom teeth removed that had been signed off by a partner, which she didn't want <laughs> to happen and I had no knowledge of. And she called up poor chipmunk-faced me um, <laughs> post-wisdom teeth removal and told me that I was so uncool and I'd ruined everything. I had no idea what she was talking about. But, you know, it was horrible and mortifying the time. But it, now it's, it's a great story. <laughs> uncool. Uncool, yeah. That's a, obviously knowing me as you do, Geneva. You would know that that's clearly so not true. Um, <laughs> and I haven't outed myself at all by referring to the Harry Potter audiobooks I've been obsessively listening to. So, you know, that was that obviously cut cut me deep. <laughs> you just imagine like a surfer dude on the beach being like, "Uncool, man! You're like cutting on my wave." <laughs> Or a very angry lady. Yeah, well, it goes either way, I suppose. <laughs> um, anyways, Andrew and Laura, thank you so much for joining us today. I mean, we've done a few episodes now, but we haven't sort of turned to our friendly New Zealand neighbours to hear a bit more about that perspective and to hear about people's stories as they come across and move countries to come and join Alan. So I think hearing your perspective today on what you do at the firm and what your journey here has looked like has been super interesting. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing that with us today. No problem. No problem. And then thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Alan's Confidential and we will hope to see you again next time.